One of the hallmarks of Western society is the protection of children. And at CD Media, it's high on our list of priorities. We've been holding events around the country to really make people aware of the level of evil that's coming after our children. And it's a multifaceted attack. Last week, we held an event in Miami, and the stars were aligned as to the panel and how they interacted together. We had uh, a father, Raul, from Mexico City talking about children and the trafficking and the cartels and the kind of a 30,000-foot level evil discussion. We had Dr. Paul Merrick, who really got into the fraud in the medical system, Alana Fishbane from No Left Turn in Education, Kevin Jackson, who rocked the audience uh, with the discussions of uh, basically what, how we have to fight this fight. We had Dr. Chris Cassells, Wayne Black, who's a security specialist, and the Pfizer whistleblower, Brooke Jackson. It was an amazing panel, and we need your help to get this out to the world. We have a live stream available. Go to Miami Independent forward slash event, and you will be able to buy the live stream. It's a few bucks because we still have massive costs for this event. But we need to spread the word, and people don't know what they don't know. So please go to Miami Independent forward slash event and get the live stream. Hold an event at your house. It's 25 bucks. Bring your family. Bring your friends. Awaken them to what is happening to our children. I'm going to show a quick clip here. The pharmaceutical companies, the agencies, the federal government, the industries that support them are not interested in curing patients. Their goal is not to cure patients, it's to sell drugs and make money, even if those drugs or money kill patients. And they will do whatever it takes. As Brooke has told you, it's a truly astonishing thing. The level of fraud that you could actually manipulate and make up data to sell a drug that is harmful. So it's Valentine's Day, and I asked my wife, what my pillow products do you like the best? She said, oh, definitely the bathrobe. And then she said, oh, and I like the slippers. And I like the pillow, and I love the comforter, and the mattress topper is just extraordinary. So essentially, she likes everything. So I did really good and bought her a lot of my pillow products here on Valentine's Day. But Mike has still got a lot of inventory left over for Christmas. You can get the best deals. Go to his website, mypillow.com. Use promo code CDM and get the best discounts out there. Don't go to the big box retailers. Don't support the communist big box retailers who are trying to destroy our nation. Support the patriots and support free media. Use promo code CDM for best discounts at mytwillow.com. Thank you. So today in American Conversations, we have two United Pilots with us, Jim Ziedlow and Tom Floyd. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Thank you, Christine. Thank you, Christine. It's an honor. 
Well, it's an honor for us because you are part of the plaintiffs who have filed. I think there's 29 of you who are plaintiffs who have filed against even more people uh, connected with United Airlines. And this is over the controversy of the COVID vaccinations that were mandated at United. And your CEO, Scott Kirby, was out there bragging about it and wanting to do it. And there was a lot of, but now, now there was a lot of hoopla inside United. A lot of people decided not to do it and their religious exemptions were not granted. And we see this in other, other corporations, but really when we, now it's about safety in the skies and it's a public safety issue because pilots are flying. They, uh, some of them are vaccinated. Some of them have had um, issues, breakdowns, reactions to the COVID vaccinations. Some of them have taken time, some off, and then you have the people who are in the cockpit if something goes wrong. And so it's not just the one person who may have taken the vaccination or forced to take it. It also puts other people at risk. So let's, before we begin, let's talk about and um, your backgrounds because it's very important for authenticity. Gentlemen, thank you for having served in the Army and the Air Force. Uh, Jim, why don't, you, why don't you start? Let people know who you are because you're speaking out, you filed the case. And the most, the, to me, I, I like the fact that you have also sued the chairman of the board and also the board members at United for violating their fiduciary responsibility to the shareholders and to the employees at the company. Uh, thank you very much, Christine. Uh, just, this is a reluctant action on our part. My name is Jim Zitlow. I served 23 years in the Air Force, uh, preceded by uh, four years at the Air Force Academy, class of 1987, Wings from Heaven is our uh, class motto. And uh, during those 23 years, served as a uh, airlift pilot, T-38 pilot uh, in the Pentagon for five years, including time uh, working uh, on Capitol Hill on behalf of the uh, uh, Secretary of the Air Force, uh, later on, after 9-11, uh, I moved to NORAD headquarters, worked in a variety of uh, budget and program issues, as well as uh, in the, uh, the J-3 operations, where in 2007, I led development of the uh, 2007 DOD Global Pandemic Influenza Plan. And again, my uh, comments do not reflect the DOD uh, position or any uh, of the Air Force uh, position. These are my own uh, personal observations. And then uh, finished up my career as a NORAD US Northcom Command Center Director. Most people are familiar with Cheyenne Mountain uh, in the uh, director's chair, running the uh, Charlie crew for several years, uh, def directly defending uh, North America from uh, threats across the, uh, the globe. So I'm very uh, interested in this topic, having been a pandemic planner and uh, do have an opinion on uh, what goes on and what has happened, especially concerning this uh, pursuit of justice. Tom? Sorry, that was me clicking my pen again. I apologize. Uh, Tom Floyd, I was a, uh, uh, I, I served six years in the Army, and where I, where I served there was at, uh, mostly at Fort Bliss, Texas, in New Mexico, uh, in the New Mexico Army National Guard. I um, then, you know, transferred into the Air Force where I uh, flew F-16s in the New Mexico Guard there. Uh, I transferred out of there uh, in 2001 and um, worked in command and control uh, centers, the uh, uh, CAOCs, uh, the operations centers for the uh, 
um, different uh, theaters of combat. I was in uh, Kuwait and in Baghdad and Af and then and Iraq in 2003, and then uh, later moved on to other uh, command and control situations. I was uh, at the uh, tanker air, uh, the the TACC is what it's called in uh, St. Louis uh, Scott Air Force Base, where we uh, basically oversaw flights all around the world with all the heavy aircraft in the Air Force. So, um, and like you said, Christine, this is an important, this is an important case. We filed against United Airlines uh, for a number of reasons that we believe that they violated rights, uh, used heavy, heavy hand tactics against the employees, colluded with the government, and uh, hopefully we'll have a chance to get into some of that. So let's let's begin because both of you have worked for United for about twenty years. Is that, that's about right. All right, a little bit over twenty years, and and you served our country and you protected us. So thank you for your service and sacrifice that your families have made. This is about safety, and and, and you know we can get into how heavy-handed it was by United. But now let's talk about the the people that are on the inside and what you're seeing and that you have determined that this is a very much a public safety issue. Jim? Yes, absolutely. We have uh, we have informal reports uh, from you know the aviation community that there have been a number of uh, potential injuries and even more so. Uh, likely deaths as attributed to uh you know the the injection policies that have that have been brought forward uh in particular the vaccine mandate uh we have been focused on trying to uh, understand what those are and we understand from a flight operations perspective how important it is to have you know two healthy pilots up there on the flight deck uh, when there's hundreds of lives at stake and certainly uh, we're seeing across the indications across the, the globe where uh, soccer players are passing off, down, off and are falling down on the field during soccer games, you know, uh, football. Uh, we're getting indications uh, through our informal channels that, uh, that pilots are having uh, medical issues, uh, whether they're flying or, uh, you know, dealing with their uh, medical examiner. You know, it might be uh, chest pain issues, uh, other neurological issues. Uh, again, there are indications that this uh, this vaccine is 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 affecting each organ of the uh, the body. And again, we'll have to ask those questions: What's really happening? But uh, in a in a as far as flight safety, there are critical phases of flight, particularly the takeoff and the landing phase where the pilot is uh, manually flying the aircraft and there are just a matter of seconds uh, to fly the aircraft and maybe not enough time for the other pilot to take over. So this is definitely a safety concern and we need to explore more why are these things happening. Tom, what are you hearing from your colleagues on the inside? Well, I think uh, Jim nailed it pretty, pretty good there. We're hearing that people are being uh, injured, people are getting hurt, people are, are sustaining uh, injuries that, and, and for the most part, for the pilot group, uh, they are not coming forward because if you come forward and your medical examiner says, oof, this isn't good, you're now grounded. They've now just lost their ability to make an income to, to, to feed their families. 
Um, but uh, and, and, and the thing that I think is so critical on this is that United Airlines literally forced its employees, including pilots, all the flight attendants, ground personnel, uh, anybody who was facing customers to to take the shot. They basically said, if you don't take this shot, we're going to fire you. And what that means is that United Airlines pilots have had this in, this injection. Um, this this and and as we're seeing, unfortunately, sometimes these uh, injections are having side effects that they aren't necessarily wanting to have had. However, here's the thing: United Airlines was warned. They were told back in early 2021, middle uh, probably July August timeframe of, of 2021, that these these shots, and I hate to call them a vaccine, but that's what the, they're just for vernacular. We'll use that. Have uh, have proven to not be effective. They're not proven to be. Uh, they don't really seem to protect people from getting the getting the COVID, getting COVID uh, nineteen, getting sick from it, and and dying from it. But what was even more in, in interesting was just a few months ago, we discovered from a Pfizer uh, senior executive that they don't even prevent spreading. So those were all of the things, and and believe it or not. Those that information was relayed to United Airlines by myself and other pilots and other people who, who requested these exemptions, and they let and, and then it fell on deaf ears. They had an agenda; they were going to stick to it. it. Didn't matter. Didn't matter what the truth was. So let's get to your personal stories. You, you both applied for um, religious exemptions. Correct. And I, Jim, one, and Tom, you did too. Yes, that's correct. All right. So, so Jim, when did you apply for your religious exemption and what was the process and what happened? So I applied for a religious exemption on August 30th, 2021. Our, our uh, group of uh, employees was required to submit religious exemptions uh, or medical exemptions. You had a choice of one or the other by August 31st. And that was ahead of a September 27th deadline for the company. So the process was to apply for one or the other through a an IT uh, place called Help Hub with the company uh, program. And then there was a very limited time for questions and answers uh, over the Labor Day weekend of September 2021. And unfortunately, there were not uh, a lot of uh, people to help support or answer questions over that very short period of time which impacted people's ability to uh, apply for both, like I said, apply for either a religious or a medical exemption. And then the uh, company processed those around September 9th or so, 2021. And uh, they were, you were either uh, given a religious or medical exemption, but in that time frame around mid-September, there were a number of questions uh, about questioning why you believed certain things religiously uh, what's your basis of this? Uh, have you taken other uh, injections in your past? What's your medical background? Uh, all things that were very personal that don't necessarily line up with uh, our protections under U.S. law, especially Title VII. So there was a, a, a very precluded process, uh, a rush process, not very much support through that process, not a not a real 
good time frame for a asking questions. Again, from a pandemic planner perspective, I remember we had a lot of crosstalk and, and uh, vigorous input in uh, my previous experience of planning. But uh, during this shortened window in early September of 2021, it was very rushed and uh, and 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 almost. Uh, uh, not very supportive of uh, the employees. So that's just my perspective. Uh, maybe Tom can add some more. Yeah, you know, uh, it kind of goes back even before the August uh, deadline was announced. Uh, back early in, in May timeframe of 2021, United Airlines was uh, encouraging its employees to get the shot, to get the jab um, uh, with uh, naming different uh, incentives. One of the incentives was they were paying up to 10 hours of pay for people. Some some maybe were getting some extra days of vacation that they were being awarded um, to get the, to get the shot. Now, you might think- So those, those were the, that was the incentive- Part of them. Alley that they were going down before it became mandated. Well, you know, it was they incentivized it first and they tried to get as many people to get the shot as they could um but and then later they started using you know strong arm tactics forcing people telling you're going to get fired and, and and such but remember this and and it still remains the case um pilots are not allowed to take experimental drugs uh, mm -hmm. even the fda that the, the drugs that they have approved, like 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 NyQuil, has been around for 30 years, maybe 40 years. Um, it's approved by the FDA, but it is not approved for pilots to use, right? Uh, at least while at least while they're flying, there are other drugs that are similar to that 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 the FAA has not approved, even though the FDA says it's a safe drug. This is a situation where not only was the drug not approved by the FDA. But it was still experimental, and United Airlines was encouraging pilots to take this drug, which is a violation of federal regulations. So um, that's one thing they did. And then later, like Jim mentioned, after they announced the mandate, they strong-armed any employee that if you don't get this shot, you're going to be fired. And so like he said, you were given an opportunity to fill out uh, an, an exemption request based on either religious grounds or medical grounds. And uh, then the United basically became the legislator. They became the, the arbitrator or the, who was, who was valid, who wasn't valid. The, the, the jury who was going to decide what, what was, you know, what was valid. And then the executioner, they decided who was going to, who was going to survive this, this, this process. And, uh, so you so what explain to the audience uh, exactly what happened to you guys at that point in time when when you were not given your religious exemption? Well, that's not we we were granted religious exemptions. Uh, United granted um, my exemption my my religious exemption. They said congratulations, your exemption has been approved. And they didn't use these words. They used a series of other words, but they basically said, now you're fired. They so they basically, basically they gave you your religious exemption, but they didn't give you your job. Yeah. They, they didn't mm -hmm. allow, they didn't, under Title VII, they're supposed to make some type of accommodation. Now, maybe they have to engage with you with some sort of a, uh, 
personal dialogue saying, okay, what can you do for us? How can, how can we work this together? But their idea of accommodation was you can't work here anymore. We're not going to pay you anymore. And we're going to take all the benefits that you thought you had as being an employee at United Airlines. We're taking that away too. So, which is ironic, Christine, because they took our medical benefits away during a pandemic. Which Extraordinary. In, Extraordinary. In the name of being safe for, for health safety. But like, like health care benefits and life insurance benefits during a pandemic, Christine, they took those benefits away. All right. So let's unpack this because I always like to know who are these fools that make these kinds of decisions. So pre-pandemic, if you're a pilot and you're not feeling well, do you go to your own doctor or do you go to an in-house doctor or somebody who just has the United Airlines account? Who do you see? Who do you see? Jim, take I, that one. Yeah. I go to my personal doctor that I've I have a personal relationship with and, and trust for many, many, many years. And that's, that is who sees me for, you know, acute purposes, some, some sort of illness that's going on and, and somebody I trust that's going to give me the right treatment. And that's who I would have normally gone to in the past until we entered this COVID uh, period. All right. But, but if, but if, if you're, you know, when, when you say that, you know, the pilots aren't, you know, reporting their chest pains now that you know from from gossip in your industry. Who do those doctors? So those doctors don't know. But but you know, it seems to me it, it, it's how do, how does United mitigate their damages for having such a failed policy on public safety? I mean, what are they what are they doing to protect the public when they're selling tickets and saying? you know, fly with us safe in the skies when in fact they know, I mean, no, no one, no one is asleep at the wheel right now in corporate America. They have to know that there are vaccine injuries. They have to know that the FDA has not officially acknowledged the neurological and the um, vascular injuries, which we know that they know about because vaccine injured have reported to the NIH NIAID, FDA, CDC, the White House, Fauci, Collins, when he was still there, about their injuries. We know that blood has been given to the NIH. Their phone calls have been taped with people at the FDA. Peter Marks has even told a surgeon who's vax injured that he wished that he could officially recognize the vascular and the neurological, but he can't at this time. So United corporately would have to know that there are issues for people in the cockpit if they're vaccinated. Is United now mandating boosters for everybody? Is this as United Airlines turned this into what has happened in Israel? Well, Christine, there's a lot in that question. And if I can, let me see if I can unpack it. Um, to start with, uh, Jim was right. A lot of us pilots, we we have uh, maybe a couple of different doctors. One doctor who might see us for uh, just normal day-to-day -day health. You know, you might call him for, um, I, I don't know, a, a stubbed toe. And you'll go see that doctor and he has uh, your life history uh, on his computer. Um, but for the most part, us pilots, we have a specific uh, medical examiners who have passed some sort of a, a 
a uh, a process where they a selection process in the FAA or by the FAA that allows them to function as aeromedical physiology you know the doctors they they're trained in uh, how physiology is affected by altitude and what kinds of effects different drugs have that maybe have uh, negative effects for pilots especially pilots while we're you know, at operating at altitudes or multiple altitude cycles where we're going up and down, up and down from uh, sea level back up to 8,000 feet and so on. So sometimes the pilots um, aren't as, uh, as uh, forthcoming with information to with their medical examiner as they are sometimes with their regular examiner. Now, uh, I actually think that that's probably okay. The, 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 the the medical examiner needs to, and then they are they're duty bound, and they do a good job. They they check uh, all of the vital uh, organs all, all, as as much as they can through the the tests that you have to go every uh, six. Uh, I guess it's once a year. Every pilot over age of forty has to do an EKG, and uh, that is basically just a a a verification process by the medical examiner himself. In, in in concert with the FAA regulations to ensure that pilots don't have injured hearts. So that's how that's how the kind of the, the process works for a lot of pilots. Um, you asked about uh, does United Airlines know? Well, part of what we're going to be seeking when we get into the discovery phase of our case is, um, every operator, for the most part, has what is called flight operations quality assurance data. And this is this is information that is, is captured on board the airplane. It's like uh, a continuous black box uh, data download. It's, it's usually done via some sort of a, a data link, maybe while the airplane's on the ground or after it's landed. And that, that data is, is examined. It's, uh, it's referenced to see what kind of how the airplane has been flown. Um, for example, at United Airlines, they had a very extensive program and, and state-of-the-art, actually great uh, program for examining how well the pilots were flying the airplanes on final approach. They wanted to know if the airplanes were stable, if, if, if pilots were uh, setting the airplane up in the most safe manner possible to put the airplane safely on the ground. So they're looking for things like... Um, too fast at a thousand feet, too fast at 500 feet before landing, um, configuration of the airplane, throttle movements, um, things like that, that would, what would give indications of whether or not the pilots are flying according to the safety standards that United has established. And I'll give it to United. They have ex exceptional, very good safety standards. They do a good job with that. Um, but we would like to see the comparison for the FOQA data before the shots had been taken and compare that to how many FOQA incidences, how many situations where the aircraft was in what was called an undesired aircraft state, a UAS, uh, after and compare before and after and, and basically just see how badly, if at all, this vaccine has affected pilot's operation, pilot function in the cockpit. We think it's real important. Let me add to that, Christine. Uh, you mentioned, uh, you know, United's uh, understanding of what might happen. 
uh, during the June timeframe, uh, the pilot union had a financial incentive, kind of a bonus program of June 2021 to incentivize pilots to get the, uh, the shot or jab. Uh, during that time frame, the company came out and said, uh, you know, people were asking, well, what happens if I have something happen to me after taking this? And the company came out and said, well, you have long-term disability. And instead of waiting 90 days, uh, your disability, well, we've negotiated, it'll work, it'll start immediately. But it was a third party that would be providing protection under that long-term disability program and not United itself. Who was who was supposed to carry them? Did they share that with you? The third party? The, the company usually it, it depends on how the company is set up. Some people have some some companies, I don't know how American and Delta and the other companies are set up, but uh, United had basically contracted with a insurance company to uh, to step in and take over the cost or, or your payments as if, if you lost your uh, medical ability to fly for some reason. What's interesting is in the, in the past, if you said you were injured, uh, I don't know, let's say you had a, a, a needed a hip replacement or a knee replacement, or, or if you, let's say you had something happen with your heart and needed, there, there are situations where pilots have had heart attacks. And after such time, uh, they have to go through a long process of being rechecked out by the FAA and their medical examiner. Well, during that time, uh, they can receive long-term disability. But in the past, it took 90 days for that to kick in. What's ironic is United was very happy to say, hey, no problem. If you have a problem, we'll, we, won't, we won't make you wait that 90 days. We'll start paying it right away. And so basically they, they, they outsourced who was going to have to pay. Wow. Wow, for, for that's going to be a very that's going to be a very um, interesting notion to bring forth in your case. That yeah, we're, uh, looking, is, we're looking forward to see how that gets uh, in discovery as well. I, 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 you know, I have to giggle a little bit because if I were United uh, Attorneys, I'd be scared of you guys. Two former military guys, Jim, you you, you wrote up the plan, organized it, led it at DoD for pandemic preparedness back in 2000, is it 2006 or 2007? 2007 uh, was, uh, just to give some history on this, uh, after 9-11, there were 15 national planning scenarios, one of which was a pandemic. And under the George Bush uh, number 43 administration, they wanted uh, to develop those 15 national planning scenarios uh, after 9-11 to make sure the nation was ready to respond to something and a pandemic was won. And we wrote our specific plan uh, targeted for the uh, U.S. military to operate and continue operating in a global pandemic scenario. Do they ever have mandated vaccinations as part of that plan back then? No, it was not part of that plan. And again, I can't can go into specifics, but there were no mandated vaccines. In fact, uh, it was under understood that vaccine development was going to take time and that other measures were going to be required in order to uh, continue military operations and that a vaccine would be a back-end issue, possibly long, longer term. So early treatments were on the table, it sounds as Early if. treatments were on the table. And uh, at that time they were called antivirals, 
I think they're called early treatment protocols in this era, and that's what we uh, considered as possibilities. All right. So th this is a very serious lawsuit, and, and I commend you for filing it. It's about time. Um, I, I think it's great that you're going after the board, the members of the board. I, I think it's great. I, I think that uh, Scott Kirby, you know, we, we will be investigating Scott Kirby and everything, everybody he was hanging out with in Washington, D.C., to take a look at us from a corporate investigation. Um, how are your families holding up as you're going through this now? Um, we're, it, we're doing, we're doing okay. You know, obviously this is a lot of stress, uh, going from, uh, uh, the salary to to zero, and 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 to to add a little insult to injury, they didn't even have the courtesy to say you're fired, you're terminated, so we couldn't technically go and even um, apply for uh, um, assistance, workman's compensation, workman comp, or 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 even uh, <clears throat> you know unemployment and, and compensation help, so. Uh, yeah, it's been tough. Uh, the three, you know, and, and, and you mentioned that they might need to be afraid of us. Now, I don't know if if this group right here brings anything to the table that would make them be afraid, but we've got uh, 30 people on this group, and some of them were former SEALs, some of them were former, a lot, you know, many of them were, were former pilots, and I'm not saying that that makes them smart, but all that makes people. them that makes them tenacious, Tom. It makes when they give their word, they're coming at you. And if you got the military and you got the steadiness of, the, of being in the front in the cockpit, I think that they should be scared of you guys. Well, and, I, I, and I mean that in a very good way because I know that you're not fooling around here. I've read uh, the complaint, uh, and it's it's very well written. Uh, and you know, you're gunning for them. You're 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 going to Take it well, through to the end. Yeah, and but at, at, as I say, we have flight attendants and ground personnel and 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 passenger or, or you know customer service people on this on this case that I would be afraid of. They are extremely talented. They're gifted, and now they have a a a joint target, a mission that we're gonna we're going to pursue this, and um, I, I I'm excited. I think. That we are choosing to go after these guys is an imperative. It's not so much, um, I think, unanimously, as I've talked to our, our group of people here, there are 30 of us, and unanimously, it has come down over and over and over again. This has to end here. We are standing against this tyranny because if we don't get a decision that will prevent them from doing this, They'll do it again, and it won't just be them. It'll be the next employer and the next employer and the next employer. Mm -hmm. And so American employees across the across the, the, the spectrum will be subject to employer whims. It could be we decide you have to take this test or, you know, here's what's interesting, uh, Christine, is most people would take exception with their boss or their, their employer if their employer even said something like, if you don't take aspirin when you show up to work every day, we're going to fire you. Now, aspirin, right? Mm -hmm. However, for some, for some reason, we're supposed to sit back and, and take this gene therapy that has not been tested on humans, 
and and apparently it doesn't work. It's not safe. People are dying from it. And we're supposed to just sit and take it and smile. I think that it's time that Americans acknowledge that maybe we've been duped here and we need to stand up and say no further, no, no more. Well, this also has an international aspect to it because, um, I mean, I've traveled, I've been blessed to travel all over the world. And uh, at the same time, United, United flies all over the world. Yes, they do. So, and we have U.S. pharmaceutical COVID quote unquote vaccinations. I don't like to use that word either. Shots being distributed all over the world. Pfizer, Moderna, J&J is being distributed because we are investigating where they're being distributed to, whether it's, you know, in Uruguay, Israel, Rwanda, South Africa. So your, your, your lawsuit to me is really for not just all the pilots and the employees working for the airlines in America, but for all airlines worldwide, because a lot of the pilots have been forced to be vaccinated and they do understand the risks having been in the cockpit or a, a crew member or the, just in the industry. And, and it's also a sound out to the U.S. pharmaceutical companies who are in collusion with the airlines. And then from there, it bleeds out to this huge public safety because if a pilot, the captain on, on a flight has a heart attack, that's two to 300 more people that could be affected if, if the plane crashes. I that's mean, right. the optics on this are so stupid from a corporate point of view that you, you, you know, when you do damage to your corporation, like people are doing when they're going along with this and mandating vaccinations for their employees, you would think that somebody would be sitting at the board level saying, do we really want to go down that train? Well, do we really want to go into that tunnel? You would hope that uh, someone at the board level, someone in the higher echelons of, of the company who um, had the ability, had the authority, and, and, and in my opinion, had the duty to say, hold on, let's tap the brakes here. Let's, what is going on here? Um, as it's turned out, not only have they potentially injured the industry um, you know, it, with, with these vaccines, but they've also, I mean, it, it didn't help their bottom line. It didn't help their dollar, you know, I mean, their, their, their profits. And it doesn't help their shareholders either. All right. I mean, who they, you know, they want to please. So we have a corporate culture of people thinking too myopically, I think, about when they, they make these type of decisions. What are you hearing from your colleagues who on the inside? Are they with you on, the, on this in spirit, even if they're not a plaintiff in the case, Jim? Yeah, they 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 cannot really speak out because you know they're they're actively flying and they're trying to protect their jobs. I mean, we certainly understand that. Uh, so they're privately supporting us and cheering us on, but again, cannot speak out. So uh, they they want to be supportive, and uh, and again, we're just a small group of representing many 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 uh, that are out there that were basically given your choice before September 27th, 2021, pick your job or your health. You get one or the other, and you have to make a decision now. And based on the information we have, 
and we're telling you that it's safe. Uh, you know, again, from my perspective, we put in our prayer for relief a punitive damage of $30 billion. That's 30 with a B. It's not just to make uh, an attention thing. This is, we want this not only for United Airlines, but for the 84 million people affected that had over 100 employees. And, you know, this, the Supreme Court said in January 2022, it was uh, unlawful to discharge uh, employees that were unvaccinated and that it was a you know, significant infringement, uh, I think, or some term like that, uh, for these 84 million Americans uh, to be dismissed from their jobs because of the being forced to potentially take this. So we're not just doing this for our 30 of us or our, our company. We want to make uh, this a, a larger thing for the uh, corporate world to understand that we have rights under Title VII that have been violated. We've been discriminated against. Uh, we were forced to try to get a jab and that there was uh, collusion through uh, uh, state actorship between the company and the U.S. government. Well, and can I add to that? Sure. Yeah. Um, it, it's interesting that you would ask, you know, are, are uh, other people at the company uh, in, in support of us? We've, we've had lots of, of calls since this filing has occurred. Hey, we want to join your group. We want to join your group. And um, obviously, uh, there, there may be some bad actors or maybe some good actors in that. We're, we're trying to figure out how we're going to handle that. But here's an interesting point is that um, some of the people who are in the, in the claim already are already being harassed by the company. Um, for example, we have uh, a, a customer service agent who received a message from her supervisor saying, hey, we understand you're requesting a leave of absence. She's like, no. Where'd you hear that? Oh, it came from corporate. Or we have another situation where we have a senior flight attendant who uh, has for maybe 30 years had, you know, trips. You get a, a trip, maybe a trip to Milan or a trip to London or whatever. Uh, some of these maybe uh, highly coveted trips that she would put out there to be traded. And she trades them for something that maybe fits her schedule a little bit better. But because she's senior, she can she can pick good trips and they're generally picked up quite quickly. Suddenly when she puts a trip trade in, it gets deleted. It's just gone. And so you say, all right, the company, it appears is already taking reprisals against the people who are actually working at the company while they're pursuing their right to have their, you know, have their, have their, their, their justice, re receive justice from the company. So the, the audience, I can hear the audience in, in my head right now. They're going to be saying, okay, how come you guys are not working for the company now and other people have? So let's just go through this. You don't have to name everybody who's a plaintiff. But, you know, clarify this if I have it wrong. There are plaintiffs who were forced to take the vaccinations to keep their jobs, and they are included as plaintiffs with you guys who applied for religious exemptions but then lost your opportunity to work at United, correct? So it's a mixture of people who are still there and people who have lost their jobs. Um, that's correct. Um, and I'll let Jim talk to this here and just say, let me, let me, if I can start. Um, we had a situation where right from the start, everyone who received a religious exemption was fired. They were, you can no longer work here. All your benefits are gone and that's it. So every one of those people who are, are part of our plaintiff group 
received that kind of treatment. We have several who were actually just absolutely just terminated because they didn't take the shot. Now, time passed. We got to the March time frame. Shortly after uh, the Biden administration, you know, more than 100 uh, employees was was shot down in the Supreme Court. Well, shortly thereafter, United allowed the unvaccinated, the un the unwashed, to return to to working at United Airlines. However, and and for some groups, the flight attendants and some of the other people, they were not even given the option. If you don't come back, you're fired. So they are in a they were in a catch twenty two there. But the thing that's important to remember is that United did not change their policy. They 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 added some caveats. You you may have to you will have to wear a mask all the time. You may have to take a PCR test uh, you know, weekly at your own cost. Even if they were willing to pay for it, that's against the law. Um, and 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 finally, the the last and most important thing, in my opinion, was that they could at any moment fire you again, return you to the street, take everything back away from you. So they could literally be strung along like a yo-yo uh, for this company at their whim. And and that policy was abhorrent to me. It, it was something that was unreconcilable for me to, to go back and, and, and be treated like a second-class citizen uh, or, or, a, or a temporary workforce uh, in reserve to... Uh, help the company whenever there was a, a surgeon flying and then they wouldn't need me. So they would come up with some reason, you know, who knows, maybe I didn't put my tie on properly. <coughs> put you back on, put you back on the sidelines and uh, stand by. We might call you back. It just, it was not a solution. Jim, you, you probably had something. Yeah. Let me Sound, add. Sounds like they wanted to turn you into surfs. Well, yeah, it kind of felt like that. Let, let me broaden the picture, Christine. So in October, late October, 2021, uh, they came up with a uh, artificial number of if there were if the number of COVID cases uh, nationwide, as reported by the CDC, was ten thousand or less, then uh, we would yeah per day over I think it was twenty one days, but a rolling seven day average. Then uh, employees would be invited back. Hopefully that would be in the springtime. Uh, but once uh, the number reached fifteen thousand. Cases per day over a 21 day average, seven days rolling. Then, if employees that were unvaxxed were on the property, uh, they would be asked to uh, leave because there was a potential threat or a rise in COVID. Fast forward to March uh, in 28th of 2022, when employees were invited back. Also, the restriction stayed in place that if you uh, were assigned, say, a line pilot, a line flight attendant to an international country, that had had a, a, either a company restriction or had a, a vaccine requirement, uh, you could be uh, taken. You would be forcibly taken off that trip. And if you were in a reserve status and put on reserve AV days, you could actually be downgraded out of seniority order, away from uh, con contractual obligations uh, to a uh, smaller jet, lower paid position uh, at the discretion of the company. So that was. A policy. I think it may still be in place uh, today, uh, but it it has drastically impacted those that have gone back in uh, as of March in their bidding for international uh, uh, locations. That list included over 30 countries at one time.
So the question that comes to mind, my mind is, who's at the table when they made those type of decisions? That's important to know how high up they went and who did they consult outside of United? Was it because we know some of the unions were consulting with CDC and the FDA? Um, so it'd be really important to see who is it? Is it coming from the from the Biden COVID task force and bleeding out to corporations, or is it through the lobbyists on K Street in Washington to their CEOs outside of DC? I mean, this is this is a um, this lawsuit. I can foresee it to be a blueprint to get some of the unanswered questions that many of us in the media uh, still are trying to get, but nobody wants to talk about them. I, so I commend you on this. How do how do people find out about this? Because this isn't going to, going to be cheap. You guys are going to have to have a legal defense fund. So where can people give uh, to, to help you out? Because this really is a huge public policy lawsuit and for the safety of everybody who flies or anybody who lives on the ground in case a plane you know falls out of the sky. Jim, where, where can people give to you? Uh, if you go to givesendgo.com forward slash wings for liberty, uh, you can find our uh, our site there. It's a it's a short description of our group and uh, what we stand for. And then uh, obviously, if you are so given, if you can uh, provide, we have some uh, obviously legal fees to uh, to take care of from here forward. So we definitely would uh, welcome your gift uh, if you find it in your heart to do so. Again, uh, givesendgo.com forward slash wings for liberty. Uh, Tom, do you have anything to add? Well, yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to talk about how we uh, selected our defendants, uh, mm -hmm. if we could. You know, we uh, sure we uh, we took we took, and I think I mentioned it just a, a few minutes ago. But we 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 took a look at who in the company had the ability to make this decision, who in the company had the ability or the authority to stop this decision, and who maybe at the board of directors who nodded their head and said, "Let's do this." Um, this. This falls into the category of uh, maybe a willful uh, uh, ignorance if, if they try that if they try that as a defense. You know, uh, in in 1947 there was a there was a pretty important trial that was occurring after World War II where they were trying people for for saying, "Well, I was just following orders," and the defense, "I was following orders," didn't hold up then, and and we don't expect it to hold up now. United States incorporated part of, I think we incorporated all of the Nuremberg Code into different codes in our own legal system. Um, one of them is, um, Jim, you might have to help me on this, 21 U.S. Code uh, 360 BBB1, which establishes that no one can force you to take an experimental drug. If they have an experimental drug they're handing out, Everyone, every person has the right to refuse it. That is a, that is a, go ahead, Jim. Yeah, I was going to say it's a USC 21, uh, paragraph 360 BBB. It's informed consent under U.S. law. You must under for EUA products, emergency use products, which these three uh, uh, so-called gene therapy uh, injections are. You must have informed consent and it must be voluntary in order to, to take that. So it cannot be forced upon you, according to U.S. law. So and, and we could see early on that the, the company was 
just marching in lockstep with the U.S. government, with the Biden administration. And, and it appeared the Biden administration had a universal inoculation program. They wanted everyone to get shots. And I think he actually said that. The thing that's interesting is the, in, in August of 2022, in August of 2021, uh, uh, Biden got up on uh, in front of cameras and he said, this is the way it should be done. Look what, look what United has done. They went from 59% to 99%. And in a two-month period, this is how you do it. You tell your people they're going to get fired and this is how you do it. And he was really applauding and he was talking about United Airlines. What's interesting is that he wasn't talking about other companies like, and 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 I'm not naming these companies. I'm just for an example, he wasn't talking about John Deere. He wasn't talking about Google. He wasn't talking about these other big companies out there. He was talking about United. There was a personal vested interest between him and United Airlines, and it became patently obvious as 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 time passed. Yeah, uh, Tom, can I just correct it? It was October of 2021 after our September. 27th, 2021 deadline, and uh, and, and just in line to to show that uh, you know United had gone from 59% to 99% compliance in two months. Again, why United Airlines and why not all these other companies? It was definitely United Airlines was highlighted uh, by the administration. Well, and as a result, it appears that uh, United Airlines received some fairly lucrative contracts. You know, they were chosen to. Uh, to conduct an air safety or an air quality study with the DOD, you know, United Airlines did that. And it was, they, they broadcast that on all their, their, uh, you know, aircraft. Tom, how, tell the audience how much that contract was worth. No, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but I bet you they didn't do it for free. Um, maybe they did. Maybe they did. Maybe but they, they were, did, but but there's but also were, the hospital administrators who receive phone calls from Washington D.C. with the promise of science contracts as well, if they mandated the vaccinations for their hospital staff. We know that. Well, and then but then United also received contract through the government to carry the vaccine from its port of uh, of uh, where they was being made in in Europe to the United States. So we're filling up seven seven seven, you know, Boeing seven 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 aircraft with vaccines and carrying them across the ocean to America. That was a contract. They also got, uh, they, they were selected to uh, go over to Afghanistan and pick up people who were uh, stranded there when uh, when Biden didn't leave anybody behind. Um, which he we, did. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, they also, which, which were, did. United was also selected to carry um, uh, baby formula. If you remember that, 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 crisis moment. United Airlines was selected to be the hero on that one. And by the way, Scott Kirby was selected out of all of the CEOs out there in the country, of all the qualified people in the world, in America, he was selected to a position on a, he was, he was handpicked, chosen by the administration uh, for an appointment in the administration. And and, uh, you just kind of have to start asking yourself, is this a coincidence? And and I think that one, maybe two, maybe, but you start getting into the dozens of different events and occurrences and you're like, ah, they were working together. 
All right. Again, Jim, how, how can people give? give? Tell them where they need to give. Thank you guys for doing this. This is the first of many uh, interviews we'll be doing because we're going to cover this case to the very, very end. We wish you luck on it uh, because it is it's such a big, large window uh, for public safety and also to expose you know, the, the corporate conversation around COVID. Which needs to be exposed again, Jim. How do they get? How do they donate to you guys? Yeah, so go to givestengo.com forward slash wings for liberty, wings for liberty, and uh, please donate if you uh, find it in your heart. Uh, we've we've got this uh, huge case ahead of us. Again, we talked about money and seven point five billion dollars and uh, you know fee uh, money that transferred uh, during the CARES uh, Act and uh, in grants and loans. Uh, between the government and the company, and of course there were shares that were uh, that were bought by the government. And Tom talked about the contract. So again, if you can uh, provide uh, some funding to support us, uh, givesendgo.com forward slash Wings for Liberty. We're also uh, at Wings for Liberty on Twitter. So if you go to the the handle at Wings for Liberty on Twitter, you can find some of our uh, postings there. We do appreciate your attention to this, and uh, like I said. We're a couple of former military guys and pilots, and we're all about justice. We had great lives in 2019, and 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 we were reluctantly wanting to do this, but we said, no, we're standing up for our, our fellow uh, employees like Kevin, who's a 37-year mechanic who had his religious exemption approved and then later fired for noncompliance with uh, policy. So again, there's many, many others of us out here that uh, we're standing up not only for ourselves, for corporate America, but for public safety and the flying safety's uh, 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 issues and being able to get out there and do things correctly. And we wanna make sure that uh, we get this story out and, uh, and people join us across America. Thank you very much for your attention. We appreciate your help. Well, I want to thank you. We're honored to have uh, you guys on today. Jim and Tom, thank you very much. And here's, you know, here's to the Wings for Liberty campaign that we're going to kick off because we'll be interviewing all, everybody that's a plaintiff in your case that wants to come on. And I invite any other pilots from any other, other airlines or other countries to get in touch with us so we can let the people know that Wings for Liberty is not just about a case. It's about public safety internationally in the skies. Thank Gentlemen, you. thank you very, very much. And we'll, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Christine. Thank you, Christine.